CES 2016 coverage, sponsored in part by GoDaddy.com. Visit TPNTV forward slash GoDaddy to save as much as 30% on hosting accounts, get 99cent.coms. All our promo codes will save you significant money at GoDaddy.com. We are joined by our first guest of the day, and we appreciate it. We're with uh, Brian Stoffel. Stofiel. Stofiel of Stofiel Aerospace. Welcome to the show. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. You are are fully dressed, and I appreciate it. I feel like I should have put on a better suit today to be more fit in the occasion, but tell us uh, what you bring to the table at CES this year. We're actually funding a microsatellite launch system. Uh, coming out of Kent State University. We're here with the University Innovation Section. And what we're doing is we're putting rockets on weather balloons, sending the weather balloon to 100,000 feet, and then launching the rocket from there. Our payload is only 15 kilograms, which is about 30 pounds. So we're not a real big launch system. And this is what we're trying to do. What happens right now is these little launch cube sets are being put on big rockets, and then they're waiting four to seven years to get a launch. So there's a bottleneck in the launch system itself, and that's what we're trying to address is that bottleneck. But the bigger issue is, and the reason we're here at CES is, this is the first step of on-demand access to low-Earth orbit, and that's going to give everybody more access to space in general. Um, This system is actually, later on, as we we progress with manufacturing, we're going to drop that price down to about $1,000 a pound to orbit, and that number, yeah. And it, it, that number makes it accessible to everyone. Now your 30-pound satellite, you can put it into orbit for $30,000. That's almost within reach of everybody out there. Okay, so, so I have to ask because I'm, I'm a little bit ignorant to things in space, although I love rockets no, and things in space. I, I have a, a segment that I call drones in space. So I'm actually going to love this conversation, <laughs> yeah. by the way. What, so. what does it cost right now to launch a, a weather balloon into low orbit? Or, or uh, something similar. The CubeSats right now, are they're getting charged between $900,000 and $1.5 million. And the Wow. Thing, the thing you have to understand, Nick, is they're going on regular rockets. Yes. So you have, you have a drone that's the size of a bread box, right, that they want to put into orbit. Okay, and they're going up on regular rockets. The and ones then we being, see at the launches on TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they're to be being deployed. Now they might put a bunch of them on that one rocket, but it's still extremely expensive. Yeah. In fact, generally putting it into orbit is dramatically more expensive than the actual drone itself. Wow. Correct. So and that's that's usually what's going to happen. So what you're doing is amazing, by the way. So I'm, we're sorry, Brian. They just, had, right. so just, had to, just had to bring yeah, the so young yeah. set for ones who don't know, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. maybe many of our audience will not know as well. And I yeah. think that's what's important here. So yes. basically, we're circumventing preventing that, and you guys are coming up with a solution to make that substantially cheaper. Correct. Phenomenal. Um, our system is actually expendable, so unlike SpaceX, or who they fly their systems home, we don't fly our system home. We let the rocket burn up in orbit, and that saves us on not just weight, but the complexity of the system. We don't have to have the aerodynamic systems. We don't have to have the, you know, the superstructures, any of that stuff. The flight computer is very simple compared to what you would have to do with like a SpaceX flying your rocket home. Yeah, yeah. So, so Brian, go through the process. Once you get to 100,000 feet, how do you deploy the drone into, into space, basically? What we're doing is we're, we're firing multiple solid rocket engines through a single exhaust system of our design. Okay, and this allows us to actually throttle a solid rocket motor, which is unheard of. Right now, all they do is they light the solid rocket motor and it burns. And it just burns out. And that's what the boosters you usually see, right. like on the side of the shuttle. What we're actually doing is able to throttle a little bit to give us a correct orbital insertion for those satellites. But what happens is our rocket goes off, um, off the balloon. It goes into orbit, and then we use a, a shape charge to actually to separate the satellite from the rest of the 
from the rest of the system. So, so when a company builds a drone for space, and I, I mean, I don't mean to call it that. I just love that that's thing. How, yeah. drone, drones <laughs> in space, right? Uh, but that's what's going on right now. I mean, you don't need to have the big telemetry and all this other no. stuff that's going on with satellites right now. Because generally speaking, we're just trying to take photographs or video of Earth or, or measurements or whatever it is, right? And you just need to have a, a, a drone that we use on the ground right now has much more capability than a lot of the satellites that we have orbiting the Earth. So it, you have this challenge of getting there. I don't mean to take up all your time. <laughs> well, no, these fine. little CubeSats, so, these little microsatellites, right, right. Uh, our biggest market, of course, is the imaging market. Right, right. Um, mining operations use spectral analysis yep. to do, and then you've got agriculture and, of course, the, nat the natural resources. Um, and then we also have another segment, which is the component testing. So if Lockheed Martin or uh, Boeing wants to go to Mars or to the moon, they have, they have a new hinge. They want to test that in space before they actually put it on a spacecraft. Interesting. Sure. And then our third market is the on-demand market, and that would be like FEMA or natural disasters. And those would be ones that we can put up within a couple hours. Unlike a liquid system, we can store our system for long periods of time and still be able to use them. So we could actually force fires. You can get every, an image every 80 minutes of, the, of, the, uh, of a thermal imaging of the forest fire and that'll help those firefighters or if you have an earthquake and now you we've got an imaging satellite up within a couple hours you don't really want to task a big satellite system you know a billion dollar satellite system if you move it move its orbit you kill its lifespan and you don't want to do that so these little satellites are what's taking over that type of industry so are you thinking that uh somebody like nick and i could actually deploy one of these systems Let's we are Really, uh, we're we're working with the FAA and both and NASA to to create a research orbit, and this would be an orbit that anybody could fire into. Um, at first, we're going to start as a service industry. Okay, we're providing a service, but eventually, we see down the road being able to to actually sell these units first to the universities and corporations, and then you'd come to us to train it, train to fire it. And then we'd be able to say the launch system. And the launch system would be set up to, ju to just go to that research orbit that we've established. So if there's like an earthquake, let's say San Francisco gets the big earthquake sometime or another, and it gener generates a tsunami that's pushing towards Hawaii. I'm just giving you catastrophic mm -hmm. type of things that happen. Hawaii, in this particular thing, could actually deploy a satellite Put it up in the put it up in the space and be able to take reasonably good photographs, videos, whatever every 80 minutes as this event is unfolding and get this information back Correct. to whoever needs to. That is amazing. Right, and that's what that that's what access to low Earth orbit means. I mean, we're giving on-demand access to low Earth orbit. Right now, there is no such thing. We've never had on-demand access to space. <laughs> so, so where are you at in this process? Uh, we're in, we've done two prototype launches. Uh, we've gone to 65,000 feet and launched from there. Uh, and then we went to 100,000 feet and we had a failure on our uh, command module side. Mm. But we're actually in talks with a couple of different places. And we're in with uh, Ohio Aerospace producing a grant. And we're, we're going to be within the next year firing an orbital shot at least once. How, how high was the Red Bull jump? Uh, at about 100,000, 125,000 okay. feet. Wow. Okay. You can't get you can't get a balloon much higher at right. that. And I give the analogy of a cork. If you have a cork down at the bottom and you let it go, it'll only go to the top of the, the water. You know, it won't it won't go any higher. Right. 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 <laughs> and that's what we're using the balloon as. That's fascinating. So it really is. Uh, let 
staying with the line of disaster because yeah. that's that's something that's really intriguing yeah. to me is the rapid rapid response to things like that. So you have a catastrophe, you know, uh, earthquake, something major that happens. Who so FEMA would just call you and say, hey, we have to get this thing at the ready now, and then you have something that is ready to go and can clear all regulations within what what's our timetable to launch uh within a couple hours a couple hours because the system is a solid rocket system i'm not fueling up liquid systems right i'm not having to do the cross checks in that solid rocket system we can really build it and set it aside for 10 years bring it back out and it'll still fire like we just built it and then how do you clear that with the faa so so rapidly because i know with the space there's so many things that goes involved right. into making the sure FAA, that's, that's okay to happen the how faa happen is not space Right. Okay. So yeah. spa FAA stops at 65,000 yep. feet. That's correct. So we go to 65,000 feet as a weather balloon, and that's the operations we fall under as an FAA. We do have a safety management system with them, and we are in contact with them. We call up center, and we, we make announcements when we right. release. Gotcha. But the big deal is that when we get up that way, we're using low Earth orbit, and there's not much stuff there, okay, because most of that stuff is going to be a lot higher. Our, or, our uh, orbit's only going to be about two weeks. So these things are really expendable. Even the CubeSats right now that go to the International Space Station, they fall out of orbit in a month or two. So this is not space junk. This isn't a long-term. Sure. Right. And there's a new term out there. It's called a short-duration satellite, and that's what these are. Anything under five months or so is a short duration. And they're talking about things like this for short-term communications and all this other stuff, correct? Internet. Um, yep. South America is looking at it for Internet operations and so is trying on everything and again you know you, you go back to the disaster area i mean the first thing that would go, would go down probably would be communication yeah, structure right <laughs> you can deploy one of these things all of a sudden you got cell phones uh working again yeah. so it's crazy it, this is a unbelievable idea <laughs> yeah. it's a, Thank it's you. unfortunate <laughs> that we didn't actually have you on earlier in the show this is amazing what you have come up with here. So the the funding side of this now, I know you're mm -hmm. working on grants. I mean, are you thinking about other avenues? We are know? looking for funding. Okay. Um, we are, it, it sounds like an expensive system to the regular person, but we're looking at about $15 million to bring us to commercial market. Uh, in the aerospace industry, that's nothing considering right. yeah, that absolutely. Elon Musk spent right. $500 million in the first year. Right. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, and we're, 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 looking at different avenues of that. Um, we've had a couple investors since we've been here, so we're, we're going to be following wonderful, up with them. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, actually, most of the investors we've been had talked to are actually outside the U.S. We haven't had much interest inside the U.S. That's interesting. And that goes back to where the satellite is. So these little CubeSats, inside the U.S., they're in the university markets. They're in the, the big corporations. Outside the U.S., they're in private sector so we're, we're seeing a lot of international interest sure, in sure. ours because the guys inside the U.S. can use NASA. They can use SpaceX. Guys outside the U.S. have no choices, and that's what we want to be. We want to be that international choice. The mobility of the system, because the launch happens at 100,000 feet, I can launch this system from almost anywhere in the world without a launch pad. I don't need a Cape Canaveral or Mojave Desert. Okay. I take the balloon. I put the rocket on it. As long as the balloon get a, can get above the obstructions, we're good to go. So we can really launch from dictated by the mission and less about, you know, where Location. our launch yeah. so, right. so does weather, you know, if we're in a, you know, picking in North Dakota, if we're in a blizzard situation or whatever, would you be able to launch in those type of situations? We've established some weather parameters okay. um, for safety reasons uh, because we're hanging below a balloon. 
Right. So as the wind comes up, I got to stay out of the jet stream, which is 600 miles an hour. Right. <laughs> but as the balloon, we got to watch the winds. Visibility is not our real concern. It's that that wind that we're really concerned with. Okay. So as long as the wind's fine, we're good to go. Um, we do require, we, we usually require a VFR conditions, which is two miles um, and, and 5,000 feet of ceiling. Okay. And that gives us some kind of safety measures okay. that we, we wouldn't have otherwise. Okay. Very good. Fascinating. So let's say uh, if you want to, if I know we have investors that do watch because we've had funding come through our show from people coming on the show. So if you're interested in contacting you, how can people do that? Um, my email address is Aerospace at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And you um, have your website. And I've got a website. Right here, yep. And you're welcome to call, call us and contact us if you want more information. We're always willing to talk about this stuff. And what's your website, Brian? Uh, com and StofieldAerospace.com. We'll be coming online shortly. Awesome. Well, I, I honestly wish you the best of luck. I hope this Thank works you. out. Yeah, that's a fascinating thing. Me living so in Florida, so close to the Space Coast, I watch all of the space launches as much as I can and try to learn about it. And you are changing the game on the way we can rapidly deploy something. This in is a disruptive technology. Yeah. I like it. Cool. I like Very it. Cool. And anything space is always cool. I mean, yeah, I agree. In general. I agree. So fantastic. Thanks again, Brian. Thank you. Good Thanks, luck Brian. with everything. Take Pleasure. Care. Take care. Wow. Well...